Toe Podcast, where moms can find encouragement in their journey through homeschool. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this is episode 14. Today, we're going to be talking about grammar curriculum. Grammar? Oh, grammar. Of all the topics I remember my mom teaching me, I remember grammar and spelling being two of the things that were just the hardest for me to catch on. I don't know if it was how my mom taught me or if I was just incapable of understanding the concepts, but I found in my later life that I really needed to know about grammar because of some of my job choices, and I didn't fully understand it. So now that I am a homeschool mom myself and find myself in a position of needing to teach my children grammar, I have been on a journey It is truly a journey (laughs) that has lasted four years now of trying to find a grammar curriculum to fall in love with. First of all, my approach to grammar. I did not start teaching grammar right away. I wanted my kids to be able to read first. And then we slowly started to introduce grammar in first grade once they knew how to read. This year... I'm teaching three kids that are ready to learn grammar, and I'm finding myself, shall we say, overwhelmed. (laughs) I'm going to start with what I did with my oldest daughter. As I was exploring grammar programs prior to her first grade year, I talked a lot with my fellow homeschool moms in the area just to see what they used. They let me look through their books that they had and uh, gave me their suggestions on what they wanted. I like to be able to hold curriculum and look through it to decide whether or not it's something that my kids will enjoy or want. I don't usually talk to other moms to compare curriculum for the sake of deciding whose is better. I don't do that. I like to see what options there are out there. And so I did that. And honestly, I can't remember what all I looked through. I know for sure I looked through Rod and Staff. And I also looked through Jesse Wise's First Language Lessons, book one and two. And in the end, that's which one I decided to go with was the first language lessons. Book one and two have been published separately. They've also been published as one book in one binding as a combined volume. The way Jessie has lined up her curriculum is teaching grammar in 100 lessons throughout the course of a year. Level one has 100 lessons and level two has 100 lessons. As a matter of fact, level three does as well, which I'll talk about here shortly. Level one deals almost exclusively with nouns and verbs. They spend the majority of the year discussing the definition of a noun and then looking at nouns from many different angles. She has the definition of a noun written in such a way that she has children memorize its definition. A noun is the name of a person, place, a thing, or idea. And the rest of the year, she explains what a noun as a person means, a noun as a place, a noun as a thing, and a noun as an idea. Throughout the course of the year, the lessons cover examples of each of those things. People nouns, places nouns, things nouns, and idea nouns. She also explains pronouns as well as verbs. In the midst of that, she has some poems that some she has written, some her friends have written, and some that are classics. Short poems for the student to memorize. 
There are a few written activities, but for the most part, level one is all auditory. Level two is very similar, but covers all the rest of the parts of speech, adjectives, adverbs, articles, the types of verbs, the definition of a sentence, and the four types of sentences. Level two also has a collection of poems that are read aloud and memorized by the students. Level two is mostly an auditory approach to grammar. Now, in the introduction of the book, it is stated that level one is ideal for first graders and level two ideal for second graders. I really, really liked this approach. And actually, as my oldest daughter was going through level one, my second daughter, who was then in preschool, memorized the definition of the noun and almost all of the poems that her older sister had to memorize just because she was listening. So when it was her turn to go through level one, she already knew all the memorization pieces. And it was just a matter of understanding the concepts of each. So she caught on very quickly. I still love this program for first and second grade. I love level one and level two. Now, once we got to level three with my oldest daughter, it became much more intense. There was a lot more writing involved. Level three has an accompanying notebook with work pages to go through. Every lesson has sentence diagramming. I loved it, and I was actually learning quite a lot from my daughter's third grade grammar book, but it was so boring for her, and it was pulling teeth, and there were just one too many fights for me to even try and make it worth it to get through. And to be honest, we didn't make it through the book by the end of the year. So this year, going into her fourth grade year with a second grader and a first grader hot on her heels, I decided to take a new approach or a different approach to grammar. I've looked into several literature-based grammar curricula, and I found one that I decided to test out. It's called Total Language Plus. Total Language Plus is a curriculum centered around one particular novel or book. Each book in this curriculum is written as a workbook for a student to write in and work through questions while reading the complementary book. For example, I purchased the Total Language Plus workbook for Pippi Longstocking by Astrid Lindgren. We were planning on studying some of the Scandinavian countries this year during our geography, so I thought this would be a perfect book to go along with our Scandinavian study. This student study guide was written by Barbara Blakey, and I am in love with it. There is a planning grid in the front, splitting the workbook into seven separate units, with the idea that you do one unit every week. Every unit, except for the seventh, you read a chapter or two. There's a list of vocabulary words, spelling words, bits of grammar to be learned that coincide with the vocabulary and spelling, and then a writing enrichment which is simply a creative writing assignment. By week seven, you will have written a book report on the book, specifically in this case, Pippi Longstocking. I was a little skeptical of this approach at first because I have looked through some of these types of unit study books and I haven't always loved them. So I was a little bit concerned that it would be along the same lines. And honestly, I didn't want a whole lot of scripture. Um, I'm I am kind of pushing back on 
having lots and lots of scripture um, presented to my kids. And it's just a a personal thing right now. Um, Maybe someday that will change because this was not my upbringing. But right now, that's just where I'm at. And this book, although it does have a few scripture verses in it that you can use as handwriting assignments, it's, it's not a character study necessarily. I can approach it slightly differently. Those portions can be omitted if I want to. And I don't feel like I'm losing most of the curriculum. The thing that I love the most about this curriculum, however, is that I could tailor it for each of my children's grade levels. I've pulled out the first language lessons that I used with my oldest daughter, and I'm reminding her of the parts of speech while teaching the younger kids the parts of speech and then applying it to the reading and writing and spelling for these in this book. Now, this level is designed for third grade. So I realize it's a little bit low for my fourth grader and a little bit high for my first and second grader. However, I am able to I'm able to make each requirement slightly more difficult for the older daughter and slightly less difficult for the younger two. But I'm still giving all of them exposure to grammar. For example, in unit one, we're to read chapter one and ask a series of comprehension questions. I expect my oldest daughter to know the answer to all of them. My middle daughter, I expect her to know most of the answers. And my son, I expect him to answer at least one question. So I start asking the comprehension questions. I usually give my oldest daughter one of the hardest ones. For example, where does Pippi believe that her mother is now? And what does Pippi often call her? That was a detail that was read at the beginning of the chapter. And if she doesn't remember what was read at the very beginning and got caught up in the details of the middle and the end of chapter one, she may not remember. What I'm finding is that my kids who are the auditory learners are picking this stuff up much quicker. For example, my second daughter, she's all auditory and she knows the answer to every single one of these questions. Whereas my son and my oldest daughter, I think are much more visual. So I ask my son, how does the author describe Pippi Longstocking's he can usually get that kind of question. Now with the vocabulary words, for unit one, I read through the list. The vocabulary words are written out in context clues. For example, Jordan preferred a chocolate cone, but John likes strawberry best. And the direction is to use the context clues to explain what the word preferred means. What I did was I read the sentence aloud, told them which was the vocabulary word, and asked each one what they thought the word might mean. And I always asked them from youngest to oldest, giving each kid a chance to answer. It was a mix between the three of them as to who understand the word. Now, the fun part is our youngest, number four, was in on this whole conversation, and she was, and she was listening the whole time. So two days later, when we were doing a review of just a few of these words... I got to the word preferred and I gave the definition first, liked better, choose as favorite, or favored. Which word is that description? Extremely, gaped, inhabited, or preferred? And my youngest daughter knew the answer. Now the other kids did as well, but this is why I really liked this curriculum. I was able to tailor it to work for our family so that all of us could work on it together. 
And at this point in our homeschool, I'm having to find a lot of curriculum that does that. I've been really excited about future uses of the Total Language Plus programs. Waiting in the wheelhouse uh, for future study are Amos Fortune and The Courage of Sarah Noble. These are going to fit in very well with our history program that we're working on. And I can't wait to do history with grammar and make it one big unit study. It really helps me simplify my life and makes it possible to teach four different grades at the same time. Now, one other book that I'd like to mention is The Simply Grammar, an illustrated primer by Karen Androla, a Charlotte Mason approach. This one is similar to the first language lessons, only a little bit simplified. It has pictures in it, and it has the parts of speech written out for kids to memorize, along with poetry readings and explanations of how to use each part of speech in a sentence. This book was given to me by my aunt who was clearing off her homeschool shelves as all of her kids have moved on and are in high school and college now and some are beyond. And this book I've found really good as a companion piece to the Total Language Plus. I've been bouncing around between the three, Total Language Plus, Simply Grammar, and First Language Lessons to try to give my kids an understanding of nouns, verbs, and writing skills. So... I hope that was helpful. What do you guys use for teaching grammar? I would love to know. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Four and Toe Podcast. I would love to hear from you. If you guys could leave a review or a comment on any of my social media or where you listen to this podcast and let your friends know about it if it's something that you find helpful. You can find my website at fourandtoepodcast.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. This was made possible to you today by my wonderful patrons at patreon.com backslash podcast. Feel free to join the group as we walk on this journey of homeschooling. Next time, I'm going to give you guys a little look into unit studies. So I, I'm really looking forward to showing you and telling you what I do to uh, make my homeschool as easy um, as possible just by combining as many topics as possible in one uh in one unit study. So looking forward to sharing that with you on the next episode of Four and Toe. Until then, have a great time teaching and mama, you've got this.